Good morning. <clears throat> I, was in, uh, I was feeling a little weak, so I had to go out and eat a donut. So I'm, I'm good now, but I got a little donut in my throat. Uh, so it's week two of our series looking at our mission statement. Uh, and as I mentioned last week, a mission statement answers the question of what we do. What is our mission? This is your mission if you decide to accept it. The mission of Bridges Christian Fellowship, Bridges Church, is to glorify God by renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and equipping people to bring Christ-centered change to the world. Now, being a, a member of the church, when you do the membership class and you sign the covenant of membership, we go over this mission statement. And so, if you've done that, then you've accepted This mission. Last week we looked at the beginning, really the heart of the mission, which is glorifying God. We saw that glorifying God means to honor Him, to praise Him, to to magnify Him, to lift Him up, to make Him look big, to make Him, not us, look great. We also looked at several reasons why we glorify God. And chief among them is the fact that all things were created for His glory. All things in heaven and on earth, all things in all of creation are meant to shine forth to declare the glory of God. To show forth the greatness of the the Creator. All things are created to make God look great. The, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. And we who are created in the image of God are designed for the express purpose of bringing Him glory. The Lord declares, everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We must therefore seek to show forth, uh, uh, to, to declare by our words and our works the glory of God. That's our purpose in life. The question that uh, has eluded many is, what is the meaning of life? I think, what's that? Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Where's my son, Michael? He's, what's it, what are you up there for? Isn't the answer 42? Uh, what's the meaning of life, 42? Am I, have I got that right? Okay, good. I have to check with Michael on certain things. Uh, but, but it has a clear answer. It's not 42. The meaning, the purpose of our lives, our existence, is to glorify God. There's no greater meaning, there's no higher calling than to bring our Heavenly Father, our Creator, glory. Now our mission statement declares that we glorify God in two basic ways. First, by renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot there. That's what we're going to talk about today. And second, by equipping people to bring Christ-centered change to the world. And and there's overlap there. We'll see that. But next week, we'll we'll tackle that. Today, we're focusing on God, uh, glorifying God by renewing lives. So let me begin by explaining what, what do we mean by renewing lives. In Scripture, this word renew is used in, in several places some of which we'll touch on today. It refers to restoration, to change, to to transformation. The main meaning, especially in the New Testament, uh, includes this idea of making new. Now, I, I, as a hobby, uh, sometimes sell things on eBay. Have you ever done that? Okay, nobody. Great. I have my my lonely and and so one of the things you have to do when you're selling a thing is is describe the condition they give you a little drop down box and there are choices and the basic three choices are new used and sometimes they offer you can say refurbished refurbished and so of those things which one probably gets the most value if you describe your thing as new of course so, renewal is to not to refurbish, it's to take something that's used and in the power of God to make it new. That's the main meaning of to renew, to renew it, to make something old, new. So, in our mission statement, when we talk about renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're, we're talking about the change, the transformation, the new life 
that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. I cannot make something that's used new. I sometimes try, you know, tape up the box, you know, dust it off. Can I call it new even though it's you? No, I can't. But the Holy Spirit can do that in our lives. He can make what's used new. And we need to be very clear that God alone has the power to renew lives. We see this and we sang about it in Psalm 51. This is David's prayer of repentance after his sin with Bathsheba is exposed. He, he prays, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. David knew his only hope for renewal of being made new after his, his fall, his, his terrible sin, was for God to do a work in his spirit. It's God who renews lives. So the question comes, why is renewing lives part of our mission statement? Why do we have it up here? By the way, these are not in the right order. That should be there and that should be there, but that's a, a different story. We'll fix that. Why, does, uh, why is that part of our uh, mission statement, renewing lives, if uh, it's a work of God? The answer is that God, in His wisdom and it's his wisdom, not mine, has chosen to use his people to do his work. He's chosen to use his people to do his work. Have you ever watched the show, The Waltons? Wait, wait, that's really old, sorry. Maybe there's a newer one, but of course, The Waltons. I grew up on The Waltons. And you were part of the family, right? If you were part of The Waltons, you had chores to do, right? Elizabeth had her chores, John Boy had his chores, everybody had their chores to do. And and so... Uh, we're God's children. It's God's work, but we have our part in it. We have our chores to do, if you will. He's chosen to work in and through His children to accomplish His purposes. What that means is that, yes, renewing lives is God's work, but God has chosen to use us, His, His church, as instruments of renewal in people's lives. As instruments of, of making things new. As we submit to God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives, the Holy Spirit will work through our words, uh, what we say. Uh, he'll work through our works, what we do to renew lives. Let me, let me give you an example uh, of how this works. As most of you know, my family and I recently uh, were recently in Thailand. And while we uh, were there, we visited several people, several people who we've known for many years, who came to Christ uh, through our ministry over 20 years ago when we were missionaries there. Several people whose lives God renewed using our words and our works in their lives. One of those women, uh, people, was a woman named Odd. This is a picture of Odd with our family last month. The picture was taken at, at the church in Lopuri, Thailand, where Odd has attended for over 20 years. This is the church that we helped start 20, years, 20 plus years ago. And this is a picture taken in 1997 of Odd with her daughter, Mao. It's, it's the sound that a cat makes. That's what she named her daughter, so that's okay. Uh, and my two kids, my wife and I's two kids, Michael and Beth, they grew up. They were in that other picture. You probably didn't recognize them. Now, Odd became our language uh, helper, teacher. We called them language helpers. After we'd been in Thailand for about a year. So we spoke some, some Thai. We'd had other teachers, but we were Odd's first student. She was hired uh, really to be our, our teacher. And 22 years later, Odd is still teaching Thai to missionaries. When we visited, she took, she took us to our office. There's a, a language school there, and she took us to her office. And the first thing she did was, was show, an, show us an article that was in an a OMF, that's our mission organization, an OMF magazine that she had saved. She said, do you remember this? And so I looked at the article, and it was written by me. <laughs> nice. It was a story of how Odd became a Christian. It was taken from one of our prayer letters and put in OMF's magazine. I don't even actually remember them ever telling me that. I don't don't know if I ever saw it in the... I don't remember it being published in this uh, magazine, but I did remember the story. And let me summarize it for you. I think it illustrates how God uses His people 
to renew lives. As our language teacher, Odd would come to our house uh, five days a week for about two hours a day. Now, she wasn't a Christian, uh, but the first thing she was assigned to teach us was a series of lessons on Christianity. That was certainly a God thing. These lessons were designed to help us as missionaries share the gospel in, in Thai. So every day, Odd was not only teaching us the gospel, but she was hearing the gospel herself. So over time, uh, she, became, she, she was becoming more and more attracted to the gospel, to the star of the gospel, to Jesus Christ. But one of the things I noticed was that as her attraction grew, as it in, increased, a conflict in her life increased. She was very attracted to Jesus. She was very attracted to a God who loved her. She was very attracted to a God who, who would send His one and only Son to die for her sins, that she could be forgiven. But this attraction resulted in conflict in her life, both internal and external conflict. Ex- externally, her husband was opposed, very opposed to her interest in the gospel. He didn't want her to become a Christian. He didn't want her to read the Bible that we, would get, that we gave her. And in, internally, she, uh, like 95% of Thai people, uh, was brought up Buddhist. In Thailand, they say to be Thai is to be Buddhist. So becoming a Christian would have great impact on how you related to the people in your world, in, in your own Thai culture. In some ways, they look at you as no longer Thai if you're no longer Buddhist. So I, so I sensed there was this battle going on inside of Odd. I knew what she wanted, but there were these things stopping her. And so, in fact, one day, I, as we were again discussing who Jesus was, and she was excited to hear more about the gospel, I said, in Thai, which she had helped me to, to learn, I said, Odd, there's a, there's a war going on inside you. God is calling you. He's calling you to trust in Jesus Christ and to, and to become one of His children. But Satan will do anything and everything to stop this from happening. And that day when Odd left our house, we sensed that she was very close to making a decision. Now the next day, when she came to our house, the first thing she said when we opened the door was, the war is over. I immediately asked her, uh, so who won? Uh, and she quickly said, you did. But I quickly corrected her and let her know that it was God who had won the victory. And so in that day, Odd trusted in the Lord. And she's been a believer in Jesus Christ for 22 years, faithfully going to church, faithfully raising her children in the church. She has a, a daughter now who's just graduated from college, a son who's in the military, and a, a husband who still is against her being a Christian, and she fights against that. A husband who's now addict, addict, has no job and is addicted to drugs. So you can pray for Odd in, in, in that way, but she continues to follow Christ. And so I said to her, uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't me that won the victory, it was, it was God. But, but later as I reflected back on that, I realized I wasn't completely correct. Even though it was God who ultimately won the victory, I was involved in the battle. When Odd believed, when, when she put her trust in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, God brought change, He brought transforma- transformation, He brought renewal into her life. But God used Christina and I, Christina was involved in this too, Actually, I would say this. Christina was, I was mostly the words, and Christina was mostly the works. Christina loved her uh, with, with works, and I gave her the words. So we were a, a good team in that way. But God used Christina and I as instruments of renewal in Odd's life. So, so with that understanding, that it's God alone who renews lives. God is the only one that can make what's old new. But God has chosen to work through His people to see that renewal take place. We're like uh, tools in the hands of a carpenter. You don't give credit to the hammer. You give credit to the carpenter. So this morning, as we look at renewing lives, I have uh, three goals. First, that we recognize that we whose lives have been renewed. Has your life been renewed by the Holy Spirit, I mean, you have reason to rejoice 
And so as we talk about what it means to be renewed, uh, I want you to rejoice in that. Rejoice that the Lord has chosen you, that the Lord has renewed your life. Second, second goal, that we understand that renewal is an ongoing process in the life of the believer. The Lord continues to renew our lives. There's continual newness coming. And third, that we understand and engage in doing our part as God's instruments in renewal in the life of others. And coincidentally, I have three points that I hope will accomplish these three goals. So first, uh, we are, first point, we are renewed at salvation. Listen to how Jesus describes salvation to Nicodemus in this familiar verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, some translations say born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, You cannot be saved from your sin unless you're born again. Salvation involves new birth. And Nicodemus didn't understand this, and we struggle to understand this. We're, We're recreated. We're born anew. We're different people in Christ. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, when we trust in His finished work on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, God does a work. He renews us. He recreates us. We're changed. We're transformed. We're, as Jesus puts it, we're born again. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes this amazing process to the church in Corinth. He writes in chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone's, if anyone's in Christ, are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, then this is for you. If you're a follower of Christ, if you've trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are a new, He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Those who are in Christ have been recreated. They've experienced renewal at the hands of the living God. The old has passed away, and yes, the new has has come. Listen to how Paul describes our salvation and the coming of of new life in his letter to Titus. He says, But when the goodness and loving, loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but, but according to His own mercy. We are saved... Because of the goodness and the loving kindness of God. Not because of works, but only because of His great mercy. Now listen to how how Paul describes how God saves us. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. By the washing of regeneration. At salvation, we're washed clean. Our sins are forgiven. The word regeneration means a a new creation, a, a new birth. It's similar to the word renewal. We're saved by the washing that brings new birth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So there's this washing, this regeneration, and then there's this renewal by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God brings about an amazing renewal and transformation. At salvation, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The the living God, that God the Holy Spirit, comes and indwells you. He renews you. The Holy Spirit does this work in your your life. So I hope it's clear that that at salvation we are renewed, we're regenerated, we're recreated, transformed, changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can and should on a daily basis rejoice in the Lord that you've been renewed. That He's changed you. You're no longer who you were. You're a new creature in Christ. Renewed by the hand of God. Renewed through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God does in the lives of those who trust in Him. But as Odd's story showed, God has chosen to use His children as instruments of renewal. The Apostle Paul makes that uh, super clear really clear, abundantly clear, beginning in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let me read again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All things, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. We've covered this. Uh, Salvation means new creation, new life, old gone, new come. 
In the beginning of verse 18, Paul makes it clear that this new creation and reconciliation are from God alone. Through Christ Jesus, God renews and reconciles and recreates. But listen to what Paul says next. Uh, Very next. This is just following. And these may be the, the clearest verses in Scripture describing our part in God's renewal of lives. Our part in the Gospel. Our part in, in God's uh, work in this world. It says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us, us the church, us His children, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us, and entrusting to us, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In Christ... God was reconciling, uh, uh, renewing relationship with those in the world who would trust in Him. It's His work. But within His work, we've been given a mission. We're part of His work. We're His messengers. We're His ambassadors. We represent Jesus Christ in our world. How do we represent Jesus? We represent Jesus with our words and our works. By doing good works. By sharing God's Word. We don't bring renewal. We bring the message of renewal. The message of reconciliation. Be reconciled with God and God will renew your life. He will make you a new creation. He will recreate you. The old will be gone. Sins forgiven. All things will be new. This is our mission. By the power of the Holy Spirit, this is that, that, that's at work within us. We are called to bring the message of reconciliation to a lost world. That's our part in renewing lives. Really, the whole process is all about God, though. Just as God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who does the work of renewing lives... He's the one working in and through us to carry the message of reconciliation to a lost. If you think you can go out and and bring the gospel without the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got another thing coming. It's It's the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to proclaim the gospel. The Holy Spirit will renew and empower you to be a messenger, the messenger that God has called you to be. He'll work in and through you to carry this message of reconciliation to a lost world. And those who accept the message, those who receive this message of reconciliation, those who are saved will have their lives renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So renewal through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, takes place at salvation. But renewal does not end there. Renewal continues in the life of the believer. It's an interesting thing. God declares us to be righteous, to be new, uh, to be new creatures. But then we're left in this body, right? And so the rest of our life is this process that God takes us through. You are new. You're a new creature. Now live that way. Now I'm going to take you from point A to point B over time. And we're renewed through sanctification To be sanctified means to be set apart. For the Christian, that means we are are set apart unto God. We are not of this world. We belong to God. So sanctification, big word, is the process of moving away from the sinful things of this world and moving towards the righteous things of God. And this is an ongoing process. The process of renewal that takes place in the life of the believer. Renewal begins at salvation, but it continues on throughout our lives through the process known as sanctification. Paul speaks of this process in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and accept what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul is addressing the church in Rome. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, brothers, believers, those who have been renewed by salvation. He says, Listen up. We must continually present ourselves to God. We must go to God. We must give ourselves to God. Because we're living sacrifices. We're bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus died for our sins. He died to purchase you, to ransom you, to redeem you. And those who trust in Him were renewed at salvation. And because of that initial renewal experience at salvation, we are now, through nothing we've done, we are now declared by God to be holy and acceptable to Him. Because of Christ, we can now present ourselves to God. We can now go before God, not in ourselves, but in Christ. And we now have the opportunity for this renewal, this continual transformation, no longer conforming to the world, no longer following what the, blindly what the world says is the, the right thing to do, no longer living as those in the world, no longer seeking the things of this world, fame and fortune, comfort, whatever, no longer imitating those in the world, but instead we are tr- to be transformed. The word transformed is the, uh, the Greek word metamorphe, which, where we get our English word metamorphosis. Describing the process, we use it to describe the process the caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. Not just a, a minor change, but a recreation. There's something new. There was a caterpillar, now there's something new. It's a renewal. And in Romans 12:2, Paul focuses on an essential means of our transformation. He says, he says, the renewal of your mind. The renewal of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you long to be free from the conformity to the world, if you long to be free from that desire to, to, to keep up with the, the Joneses, to do what everybody else is doing, to see that show that everybody else is talking about, if you long to be transformed from the inside out, if you long to find joy not in the things of this world, but in in your relationship with the Lord, if you long to freely offer up your body as a living living sacrifice so that your whole life becomes a, a spiritual act of worship, then give yourself with all your might to the pursuit of renewing your mind. That's where Paul points us the renewal of the mind. Because the Bible says this is key to real transformation. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't think like the world. Don't act like the world. But be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. Do you believe that your mind needs renewal? That the way you think, the things you desire, your hopes and dreams are not necessarily of God. God's Word makes it clear that our minds need help. How we think needs help. I don't know if uh, he made it up, or got it, but Chuck White used to talk about stinking thinking. Chuck White was one of our founding elders. We have stinking thinking, and we need it renewed. We need it cleaned up by God. Our minds are not what they should be. And I'm not talking about our inability to remember stuff when we get older. I've got that problem That problem, our problem, can't be cured by uh, some greater memory capacity, can't be cured by more education. The problem with our minds is not that we are uh, finite and don't have all the information. The problem with our minds is that we are fallen, that our minds have been corrupted by sin. And the greatest corruption can be seen in our view of God. In Romans 8, 7, we read, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Romans 1, 28, Paul writes, Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. This is who we are by nature. This is who we are without a renewal from the, from the Holy Spirit. 
Our minds are hostile to God. We might not even know they're hostile to God, but they're hostile to God. They don't, they don't want His purposes. We create, new, we create Him in our image and say His purposes are our purposes. We don't want to acknowledge God for who He is. He is the righteous and all-powerful sovereign Lord of the universe and our minds twist Him into something else, something more uh, manageable, something we can handle, something that doesn't demand so much. Why? Because our minds are warped to be set on the things of the flesh. We, by nature, view the things of the world as more important than the things of God. We view the temporal, the right here and now, as more important than the eternal, which is forever and which is crazy, but we do it. And even when we're renewed at salvation, the effects of the flesh linger on. You and I know this is true. Uh, about ourselves because of how little time, how little effort we expend uh, just to know God. If, if God is who the Bible says He is, if He's the Creator, the Sovereign Ruler of the universe, the Father, the One who's uh, provided your salvation, the One who wants to be in relationship with you, and, and so much more. And if our purpose if our mission in life really is to glorify Him, then what are we doing spending uh, time on anything but knowing Him and doing His will? The Bible says we've exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men. We exchange. It's the great exchange. We exchange the glory of God for other things. And that's what's wrong with our, our minds. We don't have who He is We don't have what He's called us to in perspective in our minds. But there's hope. Yes, we can present our our bodies as living sacrifices. Yes, we can escape conformity to the world. Yes, we can be transformed into people who seek to know and to do the will of God. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Our hope is found in the renewal of our mind. So how do we obey this command? How do we renew our minds? First, we acknowledge that this renewal is, again, primarily a work of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul says, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the the same image from one degree of glory to another. That, That image is the image of Jesus Christ. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're being transformed. We're being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ from one degree of glory to another. This is the process of sanctification, and it's done by the Lord, not by us. It's done by the Lord, who is the Spirit. If you remember several months ago, if you were here, when I came back from my sabbatical, this is the verse that we focused on in talking about transformation. So let me ask you this. What does the Spirit do to transform us into the image of the Lord? What does the Spirit do? It's kind of there in the verse. So I have to think maybe a couple verses back that I'll share. Or if you have a Bible, you can cheat. Cheat with the Bible. That doesn't make sense. I heard something. Renews your mind, yes, but how does He do that? I'll just, through His Word? Yes. Okay. Let me move forward. He re, those are correct. But in, in this context, He removes the veil and, and enables us to behold the glory of the Lord. A couple verses back, verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. The veil, the barrier between us and God is removed. And now, and now, we have the opportunity to behold His glory. And this is how the mind is renewed. This is how we are transformed by beholding the glory of God. By seeing and understanding who God truly is. By seeing and believing and living based on the truth of His great worth. Knowing that He deserves all honor and glory and praise. Now how does this happen? How do we behold the glory of the Lord in such a way that our mind is renewed? Again, the Spirit must work. 
First, the Spirit must work from the inside. He must work in our hearts and our minds. That, that initial softening and preparing our hearts, our minds to see and receive and believe the truth of God's glory. Paul encourages the Corinthians with the fact that the Spirit is at work on their insides. He says, though our outer self is wasting away, things may not be going well from the external. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. The Spirit is renewing us from the inside out. And He's also working from the outside in. He does this by exposing our unveiled faces, our unveiled minds, to the glorious truth of who God is. Remember, we've said everything about God. You don't have to go searching. Uh, I want to look for God's glory. Just look at God and there's the glory. Everything about God is glorious. He's perfect in all His ways. He's perfectly holy and righteous and just and powerful and loving and compassionate and merciful. Everything about Him is glorious. So we just need to see Him. So to behold the glory simply means to behold Him. To see Him for who He is. And where do we behold Him? Back to the corner. Now your answer. Through His Word. Glad you came today, Dad. We are transformed, renewed by God through beholding His glory revealed in His Word. So renewal of the mind takes place as we take in the Word of God. As we read it, as we study it, as we meditate on it, as we believe it, as we apply it in our lives. And we behold the glory of God, the truth of who God is, the truth of what God has done, the Spirit works to renew our minds and transform our hearts. We see the beauty of the Lord. We see His holiness. We see His hatred for sin. We see His hatred for our sin. We see His great love and mercy for us. We see His compassion for for all. And His Spirit convicts us. We behold His glory. And He renews us. He transforms us. So what's our part in this? What's our part as individuals in our own lives? And what's our part as a church as we seek to renew the lives of others? So this is like a, we're being renewed and we're being used by God to renew others. And it's not a, I have to wait till I'm fully renewed because that ain't going to happen till you die and see Christ face to face. It's not a matter of, okay, first I get renewed completely, and then I go work in the lives of others. What do we do? I want to give you just three applications, three quick applications. First, we pray. Because again, this is all God's work. We come to God's, into God's presence calling upon Him to fill us with His Holy Spirit to release the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the lives of others. To open our eyes and to, to soften our hearts and minds that we might see the glory of, of the Lord. Because we can go to His Word where His glory is revealed and we can like fall asleep instead of seeing His glory. We need the Spirit to, to open our eyes to see His glory. This is my continual prayer for myself. This is my prayer for you. That we would, with unveiled faces, would be transformed by the glory of God uh, seen in His Word. So first we pray. I would, uh, homework. You guys like homework? Oh, please. I heard a woohoo. Homework. Go into Ephesians uh, chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3. I'm forgetting Philippians. There's one in Philippians. There's like four prayers that Paul does for the churches. And in each one of this prayer, this is what he's praying. This is what he's praying. He's praying uh, not, not that their uh, Uncle Jenny will get over her, get healed from something. Sorry. Which is fine to pray for. But that's not what we find. We, pr- we find the prayer that, that people will know the Lord. That people will see His glory. So, first we pray. Second, we must pursue. This is, in many ways, the, the uh, 
joining in. We join the Holy Spirit in His work. We pursue the glorious truth of who God is. We pursue it in our lives. Uh, We pursue it as a church. We read and we study. We meditate and apply His Word. We pursue uh, as individuals. You better be going to a this is uh, you better be going to a church. Uh, a small group, you better have friends who help you understand the Word of God. Because it's in the Word of God that we behold His glory. It's in the Word of God as we behold His glory that we're transformed. If you're going to a church, I most of you go to this church, maybe not, you have some visitors, but if you're going to a church that doesn't, uh, the Word of God is not foremost in what they do, uh, Run. Because they're not showing you the glory of God. They're showing you some philosophies of man. So we, first we pray, then we pursue. And third, we present. We present the glorious truth of who God is. This certainly means that, that we focus as a church on preaching and teaching the truth of God's Word in every aspect of our ministry. In our Sunday school, uh, with our kids in our home groups, in our men's groups, in our women's Bible studies. We want to focus on renewing our minds through presenting the truth of God's Word. Again, if the Word of God is not at the heart of these things, not that, of course, we can talk about life and fellowship and pray for one another. I'm not saying we just go in and open the Bible and start reading. But, but the center, the focus, the authority of your, of your meetings has to be the Word of God. The applications have to come from the Word of God. In many ways, our ministry to one another, our ministry to one another, and I consider this my ministry to you, is to help in this process of renewing our lives. To proclaim the truth of God's Word that you might see God's glory. To share, to present that God, uh, what God is teaching us from His Word. To share that with one another. To give testimony as to how God is working in our lives to glorify God. In the church we pray, we pursue, and and we present that our minds might be renewed. But it doesn't stop at at the doors of the church. Our mission includes taking God's glorious mind renewing truth into the world. First we we live the truth, praying for it and pursuing it. And then we present it. Our words and our lives have to reflect the fact that God is glorious. That God is our greatest treasure. Do people in your world know that you serve an awesome God? That God is your greatest treasure? How would they know? What have you given up for God? What's different about your life than the coworker in the next cubicle who uh, could care less about God? What's different? What sacrifices have you made for the Lord? What have you done to show that He's glorious? That, he, his, that you're seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness? Really, we want to demonstrate to the a world the renewal that God has accomplished in our lives. Notice that Paul says, the results of a renewed mind is this, that by uh, testing, you will discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. One whose mind has been renewed or is in the process of being renewed, who's submitting to this renewal process that God offers, will both know and do the will of God. And that leads us to our final point. As we've looked at the renewal that takes place at salvation and through sanctification, in both cases we've recognized that the primary role for renewal is God's. But we've also seen that as as those who've been renewed, we have a role to play in the renewal of the lives of others. It's clear that the the great renewal, with, with great renewal, for those who've been renewed, comes great responsibility. With great, sorry, that's a little Spider Man thing there. With great power comes with great renewal comes great. If you're if you've been renewed, you're now responsible to bring renewal to others. That's really our our final point this morning: the fact that we're renewed for service. And I, and this is going to be really really quick because we're running 
short on time. I just want to reinforce this fact. Because sometimes we can get all the, all the ideas and all the, 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 the theory and we forget the application. And so, here it is. Our renewal is designed that we might have an impact on others. We are renewed at salvation and we're renewed through sanctification that we might serve the Lord in renewal, helping others to have renewal. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear. Most of us are familiar with these verses. He made it clear in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 through 20. Let me give you another place he makes it clear. Ephesians 2, it's going to be 8 through 10. But we're familiar with 8 and 9, right? For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. God saves you. He makes you a new creature. You're born anew. He renews your life. Not as a result of anything that you could do or do do, but by His grace through faith. No service required for salvation. It's a free gift of God. We know that, but do we know this? Or do we know? I hope we know that. We know that. You're saved by grace through faith. But do we know this? Verse 10. Next verse. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As a result, not to obtain salvation. You know, every other religion in the world turns these things on their head. They do verse 10 first, and then verse 8 and 9 so to speak, they say, uh, you've got these works that the gods or the gods have for you, and if you do those, you will get salvation. Nah. God says, for by grace you're saved through faith, but once you've been saved, as a result of salvation, as a result of our new life, our free new life in Christ, we become God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus. We are made new creatures in Christ Jesus. Why? What's the purpose of our renewal? For good works. And remember, just to reflect back on last week, uh, Matthew 5.16, it's in those good works that God is glorified. So ultimately, our purpose is God's glory. But here we're talking about the good works that lead to God's glory. Not just any good works. Good works that God prepared beforehand. God knows each and every one of us, and He has prepared good works. He's prepared ways that, that we might serve that are especially designed for us. He gives us gifts. Gifts of His Spirit designed that we might serve. So I'd encourage you. I'm going to stop there. There's, there's more we could talk about there, but I would just encourage you this week to ask yourself two questions. Maybe write these down uh, and, and think about them throughout the week. First, how am I allowing the Holy Spirit to renew my mind? How am I allowing the Holy Spirit to... Uh, and, and, and mind, it's not just your mind. It involves your heart and your life. Where your mind is, your body will follow. How am I allowing the Holy Spirit to renew my mind? What am I uh, watching Hearing, seeing that is hindering my mind from being renewed. There are plenty of stuff out there that will just stop some renewal process that God's working in your heart. It'll take you in a totally di different direction. And what am I doing that's helping me see the glorious truth of who God is? What am I, what am I taking in that's allowing me to behold the glory of God? That's transforming my, my corrupt mind, my mind that's in need of renewal, that I might have the mind of Christ. So how am I allowing the Holy Spirit, what can I do to allow the Holy Spirit the ability to re renew my mind? And I would say first and foremost, just so you know, spend time daily in God's Word. Pray before you read it, and just spend time daily in God's Word. That's where you're going to behold His glory. That's where your mind is going to be renewed. And second, how am I coming alongside the Holy Spirit to renew the lives of others? So you're being renewed. 
How am I helping to renew others? Where is God using me to bring the, the message of reconciliation to the life of others? What good works am I doing that demonstrate the glory of God? Am I praying for renewal in the life of others? That's a, I mean, just start there. Just start there. You have a friend, a family member. They need Jesus Christ. Begin to pray that God would bring about a change in their life. That God would bring about renewal. Am I pursuing and, and presenting the glorious truth of, of who God is? That those in the church and, and the world might experience renewed lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. This, this is our mission. This is our part uh, uh, God, again, God renews lives, but He's called us to be His messengers, His ambassadors, His representatives. He's called us to pro- proclaim this message of reconciliation and renewal to the world. I pray that we would, we would do that. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank You for today. Thank You for Your Word. It's, it's so clear about who You are. It's clear about what You want us to do, Lord. I pray that we would, we would take up that call. Lord, that we would see that your desire is to renew our lives. To transform us. To, to renew our minds. That we think, uh, think more like Jesus every day. And then to use us in the lives of others. To declare your message of reconciliation. To declare to our friends and our families, our neighbors and our co-workers that God, the God of the universe, wants to be reconciled, to have a relationship with them, Lord. That they might be renewed and experience a deep, lasting relationship with you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. Sing with us this song of renewal, O Come to the Altar. Obviously, if it's titled, O Come to the Altar, that invitation is here. Uh, we, we love to do this at this church, uh, make this area open for you to respond to God. And if you want prayer, our elders will, our elders will come forward for that. Mm-hmm.